I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It's The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. gentlemen, uh, my guest tonight currently serves as the United States Senator from the great state of New Jersey. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Senator Cory Booker. It's lovely to have you on the show, and I hope that this is, does not denigrate the position of a senator. You're always a ray of sunshine. I appreciate that. You have that. a positive energy, which well, I enjoy. I have to say this about you, because people who run things... Yep. It says a lot to, about them, the people that work around. Your folks are just so nice. They're really, really kind. Thank you. They're just... I'm so lucky to work yeah, with you. Yeah, you are. such lovely people. I mean, <laughs> I love that they're, they're, they're so nice that your hair and makeup people offered me hair. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was very, very kind. It. Think about it. Especially yeah. if you ever run for president. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I will. Now, yesterday... There's some fans out yeah. there. Now, uh, yesterday was June... Yes. Uh, of course, the federal holiday, it fell on uh, Sunday, so it's being celebrated today. Yes. Now, uh, uh, two years ago, you introduced Juneteenth legislation that passed a year later. How does it feel? What does it mean to you for this to be a federal holiday now and to be celebrating the second year of it? You know, we were founded and conceived in the ideals of liberty and freedom, and right. we weren't free at that point. Women weren't mentioned in our founding documents, didn't have equal rights. African-Americans were fractions of human beings. Mm -hmm. And this is a celebration of our country's continued work, sacrifice, struggle, death, and, and, and war uh, to eventually get yet another major step towards our highest ideals. So it's a time of, for me, a real celebration. And it's nice that it comes right before the 4th of July. It, it is actually really nice that they're paired so close together. Mm -hmm. and I well, hope, it's a reminder that liberty has to be for everyone. And also a reminder, I hope, that in this country, every generation has to work and sacrifice to secure the blessings of liberty because freedom is not ever won. It has to be re-won by every generation. Vigilance. Yes. Now, there has been a, a, a little bit of controversy with the... Already, this is only year two, the commercialization of Juneteenth. That yes. products being sold that are like... Juneteenth colored, or yeah. uh, or that you know Juneteenth mattress sales, or whatever it is, yeah. you know, sort of the President's Day, Martin Luther King Day of Juneteenth. How how do you feel about the commercialization? Are you for it, against it? Or... Look, I, I at the end of the day, I think the materialism and commercialism and consumerism, those streams within our our society, often do detract from the nobility and the principles and the ideals, but also. Uh, for us confronting the fullness of our history. Like, I, I get very frustrated that Martin Luther King Day, we've created this Santa Clausification of Martin Luther King mm -hmm. uh, when he was wildly unpopular uh, uh, at the time he died. He was somebody that pushed this country uh, to expand its moral imagination. Mm -hmm. And so this idea that a day about freedom and liberty uh, is descending into consumerism, we can't let that happen. And so, of course, companies are going to try to do their best 
to, to pad their bottom lines. But we have a responsibility uh, not to cheapen this holiday and to talk about it and speak about it and most importantly, try to be about it, try to be and live uh, the ideals that we're celebrating. I, I think that's exactly right. I, I think that's exactly right. You have to remember what the, the day is about, what the celebration is. But the commercialization means it's a real American holiday yeah. now. <laughs> well, you add that, that. If you, corporations <laughs> are making some money, it's going to be with us you, forever. You, you add that with a uh, you know, large amount of consuming lots of food, perhaps, and sure. it's, it makes it very American. I said uh, to the band and the audience at the top of the last deck, I said, happy Juneteenth. I'm so new to, like, the Juneteenth celebration... Um, do you say happy Juneteenth? Because like, you don't say happy Good Friday, or you know, like do you say <laughs> no. do you say happy <laughs> Juneteenth? Because my only hesitancy is that it is the celebration of the ending of something so horrible. Right, but you remember it was a jubilee. People were celebrating at the time. It was this incredible moment of joy, and we should remember that and what it meant. Uh, so I definitely think if you're celebrating the Fourth of July, uh, uh, dear God, let's celebrate this as well. All right, good. From the man who introduced the bill himself. Yes, yes. All right. You recently, you recently uh, wrote a tribute to Judge Katanji Brown Jackson for the, the Time 100. Yes, and so, this is the 100 uh, most influential people in the world. Right. Yes. And w- what was it like for you? What, what is the meaning of Katanji Brown Jackson's elevation to the Supreme Court? And what was it like for you to see the first black woman become a justice? So I have to admit, it was very emotional for me. I confessed to her that I'm sort of far down in seniority, so it takes a long time to to get to me. And I just kept looking at this person in awe and seeing in her, I have to say, my family members or my ancestors. This is stunning that this is the first time. We've had about 118 Supreme Court justices. About 108 of them have been white men. And this is the first time ever we are putting a black woman on the Supreme Court. And part of me is sorry that it took so long, but part of me just was so overwhelmed with joy and emotion and gratitude to all that had to happen to get her there. And in many ways, I know that she is a glass ceiling breaker, a a history maker, and that she will widen the pathway for more people to come. Because stunningly, uh, we are a nation that still, I'm only the fourth black person ever popularly elected to the United States Senate. I mean, most people don't realize that we are still in so many areas of our society, even in the private sector. I mean, if you just look at the number of women, forget black women, that get venture money to start businesses, it's about 1%. And so this is a a moment in American history where you have this magnificent, qualified person, forget her gender and race, she is extraordinary. But I just could not help but feeling this sense of hallelujah, this sense of thank God, this sense of what this really means for generations yet unborn to have this light helping to cast away uh, the remaining darkness that seems to cloud this country's ability to show its truth, that we are a profoundly beautiful, multicultural democracy with talent everywhere, but in some areas still, we, we just select too few. We have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I will ask Senator Booker about the proposed gun control legislation coming up in the Senate. Stick around. (laughs) 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Last week, you were part of a a bipartisan group of senators who announced that they have come to an agreement on a proposal to create legislation for some, as it's often called, common-sense gun reforms or gun control. Can you give us some sense? This is still being drafted right now. It hasn't been passed, hasn't been voted on. Can you give us some sense of what you hope ends up in this bill to be voted on? So I talked to the principal negotiator, an incredible senator, incredible person named Chris Murphy, on the way here, and we're very, very close uh, to getting a bill text out to the nation. And then we have a very hard and fraught path to actually pass it. But this bill has really important things that are necessary for the safety of our country, but not sufficient. It is a stride in the right direction. Let me just ask, stop you one for a second. Why is it such a hard and fraught path to get it passed? Aren't there already, aren't there already 10 Republicans who'd say they will vote for the proposal as it is, which would beat the filibuster? So there are, but the, the, we have to hold that, we have to hold those folks. Okay. So they, they are all, including Mitch McConnell, I'm with this framework, but I want to see the text. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be something that's going to have to be there. And then as I've seen, there are all kind of games to be played on the Senate floor to try to kill the bill, to put a poison pill amendment on it or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we are way ahead of where we've ever been in 30 plus years in the Senate. We have never gotten this close to passing gun safety legislation. So we are, we are in a good spot, but we have a lot more work to do. And when I say we, not just the 10 Democrats, 10 Republicans that are on this bill, I hope we as Americans will continue to let our government know we want this, our senators know that we want this. But the bill has some very important things in it, closing something called the boyfriend loophole. We've told if you're accused, if you're convicted of battery against your wife, you can't get a gun. But if it's your boyfriend... Uh, There's a loophole that allows that person to get a gun. There are something that we call red flag laws in this bill to give states resources to uh, do things to help people who might be a danger to themselves or others to temporarily, with due process, suspend their rights to have a gun. Uh, There are uh, something I've been working for since I've been a mayor. A lot of the guns that get here to New York through New Jersey are done by straw purchasers these people that you are not able to buy a gun because past conviction, so you get uh, somebody to go in with you and you point to the gun you want to buy and that person buys those guns. So it has penalties on straw purchasers. It has a more involved background check for 18, 19, 20 uh, people under 21 to buy certain weapons, which, is, which could hopefully catch folks that are intending to do serious harm and serious damage. And then it has something that's just common sense. We do need money 
uh, in this nation to support people with mental illness. Even though I, this, I worry about stigmatizing people with mental illness, people with mental illness are less likely than other Americans to be involved in committing crimes of violence and more likely to be victimized by them. But we all know we don't do enough in our country to support uh, people who are mentally ill. And I'm hoping there'll be some resources in it as well to fund community-based programs that are evidence-based that are proven to lower, lower violence. The, the House passed a background check. The House of Representatives passed a universal background check uh, piece of legislation last year. It hasn't come up for a vote in the Senate. What is the role of the filibuster here? I mean, so the filibuster is one of these things that I've come to think is wrong. I was originally one of these people that said, well, what happened when, you know, Paul Ryan was the Speaker of the House and Mitch McConnell was in charge of the Senate and Donald Trump was there? All the things they could have done if we didn't have as a minority in the Senate the power to stop that. But I've now come to realize, in my opinion, that the filibuster is stopping common sense legislation that the overwhelming majority of Americans agree on. Obama had a filibuster-proof majority and passed something uh, uh, called the Affordable Care Act. Actually, had to do it and use some Senate procedures. And when they tried to get rid of it, uh, uh, most Americans by that point loved their health care and didn't want it to change. And you had people like John McCain and others stopping him. So there's a whole bunch of things that America wants done that get die in the Senate because of this rule of the filibuster, which was used mostly in the modern era to stop civil rights legislation. And so right now, the most of Americans believe in universal background checks. Most of Americans support things like gun licensing. You need a license to drive a car? Why not have a license, uh, need a license to buy a gun? Most Americans support, you know, raising the age to buy these weapons to 21 and more. So, so we can't get those common sense things done that are supported, most of them, by majority of Republicans because of this filibuster. And that's why I'm one of the people in the Senate that believes we should end the filibuster and be able to get things done that the American people really want us to do. More with Senator Cory Booker after this. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. We're back here with Senator Cory Booker from the great state of New Jersey. Tomorrow is the next January 6th uh, committee hearing. I know that on the anniversary of the January 6th attack this year, you gave an impassioned speech on the floor of the Senate. And I'm wondering, when you watch these hearings, what, um, well, what do you think of the hearings so far? So it's hard for me to escape the feelings and the emotion and the anger of being there on the Senate floor that day, watching colleagues of mine that I have respect for and relationships with begin to do something that's never been done before, which is try to stop uh, the counting of electoral votes. This is something that Al Gore, as vice president, did, even though that election was very contentious. Such an honorable thing, that process worked. 
And then all of a sudden, hell breaks loose on the Senate floor. Staffers coming in crying. Eventually, they locked us down. Men with large guns came in, and then they evacuated us. And I'll never forget the first thing I saw, me and Mark Kelly, so I'd hold up the rear as they were escaping. And then when I got out, I see uh, a downed police officer. And then I see two more on our escape route. Every time I would go over what happened to you, I was hit. These were injured, wounded police officers. But the thing that will haunt me and and affect me for the rest of my life was getting to my office and turning on my TV. And the first image I saw waving defiantly in our capital was the traitor's flag, the Confederate flag. And as I continued to watch, I saw people with Camp Auschwitz t-shirts, blatant racism and anti-Semitism. Black officers I know were called vile and vicious names during this attack. Hate reigned on our capital as people tried to stop the peaceful transfer of power. Hate that was stopped in the Civil War, rebuffed, but now our capital was overrun with the worst of our human ideals not even an ideal, or worse, with our, of our human passions. And so this is a very important process that's going on. But we are in dangerous territory in our country. Uh, threats on judges have gone up four or five-fold. Threats on, on, on election workers have gone up. Violent acts, we are seeing right-wing extremists in mosques and synagogues uh, flare into violence. We saw a threat on a Republican Supreme Court, a Republican-appointed Supreme Court justice. Our nation is always and forever uh, um, uh, close to uh, that dark underbelly of hate that exists in humanity. And this is going to be one of those times where America is going to have to choose. Will we go deeper into misinformation, fear-mongering, lies, and mistruths? Or will we find some way to come out of this and reclaim the high ground, not a partisan high ground, but reclaim the high ground of the moral virtues that will forever be the only salvation of this country. And so these are hearings. There's a lot of legal implications for them. But for me, I'm one of those Americans that is not going to wait and see the outcome of this. We have to end this culture of contempt in this country. We have to find a way to reverse what I think is uh, too much of a dip into this dark place. We've got to bring back the light of a nation that stands for peace and justice and morality, and the highest of all human virtues, which is love. Amen, Senator. Senator Cory Booker, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoying this episode of The Late Show Pod Show? Then head to cohst.app slash late show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you.